Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Joining us now, comedian Chelsea Peretti, NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Roy is our nation's most treasured actor. He's got chops, he's got talent, and he also has three tickets to Lakers. <laughs> With your host, Galliop Anderson, stops it down behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA with the rules the way they are? Be honest. Uh, average 40. <laughs> we will win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I was covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the tip-off. Seeker Smith, Lang Whitaker, Rick Fox put together the Hangtime podcast each and every week. This week is their 100th podcast. Right. Yes. Be sure to check it out on NBA.com. Ernie Johnson, the legend, giving us a little love right there on NBA. We big time. We big time. You got <laughs> to love Guys, y'all are missing it. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com in here in the studio. Lang Whitaker in New York. Rick Fox in L.A. We got caviar, champagne in here. We got ring car girls walking around the whole nine yards. You guys aren't even seeing this. That must be and, nice. and, and a beach beachfront view from Exuma, Bahamas. <laughs> I'm lying. Uh, we got, Me too. Know, nah. we got diet Snapple and uh, artificial flavored spring water in here and all this stuff. Is that same can of diet Coke still in there? The, the diet Coke is missing Lang. Um, 100 episodes in, we have finally shed the mysterious diet Coke can that's been in the studio every day. We've taped this show. Congrats, fellas. Um, yeah, we don't lose our credibility if we don't. We don't be <laughs> down in a dungeon somewhere. In the, exactly. <laughs> all the room. Congrats, so guys, a uh, hundred episodes. That's a milestone. Um, well, congrats. To, well, we some be, of y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Congrats to you, Saker. You've been on all one hundred. Well, not actually. All but one. I missed all one. One. Yeah. I missed you, one. I was down. I was down uh, for the count. Cold red. The thing started I, I, with, with you and Vince, and then uh, I came on around episode uh, seventeen. Yeah, you were in like the teens. Stop showing off, Lang. And then Rick <laughs> came along this year, and. Uh, it's been great episode though. Episode ninety. No, it's been Although, sweet though. It's, it's been it's been awesome, and I, and on the first show, the first guest was me. <laughs> That's right, Lang Whitaker, folks. Our first guest on the very first Hangtime podcast, and somehow we decided to bring him back. You know what were we thinking? No, I mean it's it's been fantastic. Vince Thomas of the Shadow League. And I and uh, and Micah Hart, who was yep. used to work with us here at NBA. dot com, who is now working for the Atlanta Hawks. We. We started uh, this thing in a at Clint Hawkins. We started this thing in a cubby hole, and uh, and somehow they they kept letting us do it. I don't know why. Thank goodness for the you know the powers to be here. At, Luckily, uh, they didn't know we were doing it until about six months ago. Yeah, they didn't recognize <laughs> that this was even going on until episode ninety four, which is good. So that way we couldn't get in trouble for all the crazy stuff we said before then. You mean but, they listen to us? They listen. To us? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're listening. The bosses are listening, Rick. They're, careful what you say. Okay. We've had, but listen, we've had some great guests on over the year. Players, uh, you know, actors, entertainers, you name it. Sports figures that have nothing to do with basketball. And that's just Rick Fox. And, that, <laughs> and that's just Dante from One Tree Hill. So I mean, you know, we've <laughs> we, we've done it every which way you could imagine, and uh, hopefully we'll get a hundred more out of it. Um, in addition to Ernie showing us some love, the other members 
of the uh, Inside the NBA crew will be on later to uh, to discuss the show and other things, make a few jokes, you know, make a few comments about the crew. I mean, it's, everybody's going to be involved today, folks, on the 100th episode of the Hangtime Podcast. But let's get to the headlines. Um, let's let's not shuck and and uh, dust off our our natural responsibilities here on the Hangtime Podcast. It's the Hangtime Headlines as Seku and the guys discuss the top stories around the NBA. Sekuna Matata. Andrew Bynum is coming back. I don't know if you heard about this. The hairdo might be going by the wayside. The big fella might be back on the floor. And uh, let's, let's, let's give a listen to Andrew Bynum talking about the state of affairs in Bynum land. Coming along well. Um... Up to running now in the, in the Alpha G, steady eight mile an hour clip, uh, 20 minutes, so that's good. Um, and I'm incorporating weights. It's time to get ready, getting ready, getting ready to play. Mentally, how good does it feel to be on the court, you know? Um, you know, I feel much better. Uh, mentally, it's, I wake up today and I'm ready to go and I, I can work out, so that's good. Uh, you know, versus the alternative, just sitting around all day, kind of waiting. So the waiting is over, so now, you know, I'm in motion and it's good. Guys, that's Andrew Bynum talking. Um, I love he's, you know, it's time to get ready. Uh, dude, it's He knows January. it's February, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like we're almost to All-Star Weekend. He's like, it's time to get ready. You know, <laughs> let's get this thing cranked up. I mean, you think Bynum comes back and changes the fortunes for the Sixers, though? I think he helps. Yeah, I mean, he if, if, if he's he healthy, right? I mean, he, yeah, he, he has to hurt. help him. I don't know. I, mean, I, I was excited about the the premise of this when it happened you know just in theory but now you get this deep in the season i'm not sure i feel as good about it as i did before I, we we've seen the andrew Biden that shows up at you know at, after he's been rehabbing and all that stuff i don't know if we're getting a dominant big man in philadelphia this season but well, they're not even a playoff team i know so i mean I don't, I don't know how how you can hurt them i think it brings i think it at least will bring a little little hope because he'll he'll look like a 2010 big guy for about 20 games and and <laughs> that'll that'll you know make it difficult for them in the off season to decide how much of a commitment they want yeah. to make. Yeah, I mean uh, he's he should be motivated because it's a, it's a contract. Oh my god! <laughs> here, so he's gonna put up some big numbers. Yeah, he will put up some big numbers. And Rick, then Rick, what do you mean he'll look like a 20 and 10 guy? <laughs> well, because you know to me a 20 and 10 guy. Only only really counts if they're giving you eighty two games. Yeah, you know, right. that, either, I mean, look, I, I there was about a stretch of about three games in my career where I was a twenty and ten guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so you know, you got to string them together and and actually be out there on the floor for your team. So, yeah. you know, right now he has never done that. Yeah. in a season for eighty two games, maybe fifty at best, fifty three at best. Right. Uh, he's played at that level. Uh, and what's come with that is, you know, a lot of immaturity over the years and a lot of uh, injuries and, quite frankly, uh, you know, uh, a desire to be a number one but hasn't shown me anything more than maybe being a number two for a little bit. So yeah. he's going to have number one, you know, billing in a couple weeks yeah. when he gets back and we're going to see what he can do with it and see whether he can hold up physically even for the remainder of the season. Would you uh, would you open the checkbook up for him, Rick, at the end of this year when he's a free agent, knowing the potential that I guess is still there? Would you would you be hesitant to do that if you were well, a franchise? Yeah, well, look, I, I would open it up to the extent that anyone else 
was prepared to open it up. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I would have a limit to it. Um, I, I would have approached him. I would try and approach him uh, with a one. He'd probably want more than one year. But I'd rather overpay him for one more year to see what he does. Right. Then, then go beyond. Give him the same. I think he's making like fourteen or fifteen million a year. I'd take that one year risk uh, uh, again, as opposed to because I don't know if anyone else out there has that kind of money to give him, uh, considering what he's been so far. That's a huge. Like Atlanta, does Atlanta make that gamble? I don't. I don't. I don't if I'm Atlanta. I think, but there's always one team. They only <laughs> who, need one. Only need no, one team yeah. to make the gamble. So right. I don't know. I, but who has cap space next year? Right. There's not a ton of teams with that kind of cap space when you're talking about. And would they clear it? Would I mean, look, he's a, he's he he could cost someone a job. <laughs> and not, I'm not talking just a coach. Yeah, I'm talking, you know, general manager. You know, franchise value, ownership goes down. I mean, that that right now, Philly. If you think about it, man, where, where are they right now? They give away Iguodala. Uh, they were a playoff team last year. Okay, were they going to win a championship with the current roster? No, but look at the improvement in Drew Holiday and Evan Turner. Uh, you got to think that they would at least been in the mix in a soft Eastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, now they seem to be starting back at square one to some degree because they don't know what they have. That's a good point. I, I don't know that I would uh, spend the uh, the vacation money on uh, Andrew Bynum this year. I'm, I'd just be very hesitant, especially – You let him go? No, nah, not necessarily let him go, obviously, but I just don't know that I'd be willing to – we're going to have to negotiate. Let's put it that right, way. Would be, yeah. We're going to have to negotiate the price. It's not going to be the the max contract. I'm sure he's expecting. Even okay. even with missing games, I'm sure he's expecting a max. Seiko, he goes 24 and 12 for 30 games. I ain't what, do you, what, do you, what are you thinking then? I'm thinking that I remember those first – However many he missed, he was chilling on the sidelines, looking like Clarence William the Third. That's what I'm thinking. So you want to prorate it? You, yeah, you I mean, we got to talk. We got to, we got to make this work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's a tough. Uh, the problem is right, and and Rick can speak to this as from a player standpoint is 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 Bynum is, is the ownership's going to say I remember those first fifty games and Bynum's going to be like well or his agent is going to be like well what about the last thirty yeah. You know, it's always that that push pull between the two. They just paid as as uh, the prime minister who's hanging out with us here in the studio just mentioned or reminded me. They paid Spencer Hawes as well. I mean, they yeah. oh, they've already got a lot of money invested in in a big man. So um, we'll see. Speaking of big men, Rick, L.A. is back. They're tingling out there. The Lakers, Dwight, yeah. he's back. That they may have they may have hit his, they may have hit their rock bottom with <laughs> Dwight and and. Uh, Powell being out and then Hill going down, uh, you know, him being out for the season, uh, you know, that, that might've been the bottom because quite, quite honestly, Dwight coming back, I just watched the pre- press conferences last night after yeah. the game. There was a lightness about it and actually a positive air about it couldn't get any worse than what it just was. And so could they be on their way back up? I know it's still, there's still a far cry from 500, but they looked a little a little better to me, and it's the first time I've seen them. Where I know, and I know it was only the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Milwaukee Bucks for the majority of the first half of this, you know, first quarter, third of the season have been respectable. Uh, yeah. But uh, they, you know, they actually played between Cleveland Cavaliers and Milwaukee Bucks. They've, they've strung together a couple wins here, and and uh, now we'll see if they can get above five hundred, and then you know maybe the attention swings back to 
to uh, whether or not they become a playoff team and can actually make some noise. Lang, do you like uh, you like Kobe defensive stopper? You like him in this mode? <laughs> uh, well, I, they've won those two games in a row. And now, I'm, who does <laughs> he, he locked tomorrow? up? Kyrie, you know. Yeah, well, who, who's he going to lock up? LeBron tomorrow night because <laughs> they play the Heat. It's <laughs> Mario <night>. Chalmers. <laughs> you stick him on Chalmers? Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you put uh, Metal World Peace on, on LeBron. Yeah. But, um, I you know, there's. It's funny to we're almost at the all-star break and we're sort of talking about the Lakers needing to get to 500, that's, you know, I mean, I don't think any, I mean, at this point, do you, who won the Bynum Dwight Howard trade? I mean, I guess they've gotten something out of Dwight at least. Right. So, I mean, I guess you say they won, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to be this, yeah. this well, close of a deal at this point in the season. No. And I think it's always, it's always going to, it's always been about the future. Both of those guys were, yeah where decisions yep. needing to be made about where's your franchise going in the future with one of these guys. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, they've both been injured. At least <laughs> Howard's willing to play through injury. Yeah. What do you, Whereas Bynum what do you, has always been, you know, look, I am not giving you anything till I'm 100%. <laughs> what, do you think, uh, what do you think that Mitch Kupchak is thinking, though? I mean, we had him on earlier in the year, and we were all excited about Dwight and the fact is Dwight's a free agent this summer too. I mean, they, look, there's some talk about trade Dwight. I know that's what I'm saying. What do some you people say? You know, you got to move him now. Wow. I mean, which makes you know, and they say that Dwight watches on again for the next 43 days. Unbelievable. Because yeah. you know, if you're the Lakers, you kind of have to know. Yeah. You got because you know he's you know look man he's he's he is as as injured and as as up and down as the season's been for the team. You know, he's still one of the top, you know, tier players in this league and, and, and especially healthy. And I don't, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought he came, I thought he started the season too soon. I thought he should have waited till Thanksgiving and maybe even a little later right. to be 100%, closer to 100% physically because he's only compounded those, his injuries in his back and, and others by playing at maybe 70%. So, look, you still got to find out whether or not he's willing to stay moving forward and and there's a lot of talk about whether or not the system that D'Antoni plays is even right for him. Yeah. And boy look, you know, if I'm the GM, I need an owner, I need to know before February whatever. Yeah. yeah. I need to know. Or quite frankly, it's not like we're having a championship driven season. Sure. Someone out there would want him. Well I mean maybe maybe uh maybe they want him in Sacramento slash Seattle. I mean, the king. The kings are are soon to to get the the moving trucks out. Maybe. What do you What do you guys? I know we talked about the end of the show last week. What do you guys think about the kings making the move to Seattle and and becoming the Sonics all over again? I, I've heard a lot of people, you know, belly aching about how awful this would be for the fans in Sacramento. And then you got to remember, fans in Seattle went through this, you know, a few years ago and and dealt with the same thing. So. You, Party is happy for them. Party is sad for the Kings fans. But where, where do you guys come down on this potential move of uh, the Kings to another city? I was I was thinking a lot about this last night because I was you know they always tell you as fans the way you can have a, a say in the way your team has run is to vote with your wallet, right? right? So you don't go to games or you don't support your team or whatever if you don't approve of the way things are going. And the fans of Sacramento did that. And the owners were like, "All right, forget it. We'll find some other fans." <laughs> you know, I mean, it's in some in some sense, it, it 
kind of comes down to your owner more than anything else and how your owners are going to run the team. And, uh, you know, the, the Kings haven't been very good for a while now. And, and, and for a city that and Rick was in the middle of all those battles, uh, for a city that for so long had such a rabid fan base, yeah, um, it's pretty wild to think of them not having a team. Yeah, no, it's strange as a Laker fan it, with the rivalry that we've had over the you know in the two, since two thousand, and hasn't been much of a rivalry the last four or five years. But it definitely was it was strong from ninety nine heading into like the, you know two thousand seven two thousand eight. It was always a tough road presence to go up there and and have to try and win a game. And even when we were at our best, we'd lose games up there. So you know, just to think of the Kings or Sacramento not not having the Kings. Is you know it's probably stranger for me with all my years battling them, right. uh, but I, I I enjoyed a Seattle team too. I enjoyed when it was the SuperSonics. It was one of my favorite cities. Yeah. The fan base there loved the loved the team, and uh, so a return of a team to Seattle, I would I would root for that as well too. Yeah. Um, before we forget about them, we got to talk about the Nuggets playing playing better, and and speaking of the city of Denver. We got a guy behind the glass here, Lang, Rick, <laughs> yeah. who's uh, the captain of the Peyton Manning fan club in here, Jay Wall, our engineer. He's he's in there still. He's got this misty look in his eye like he's about to break down crying because we're bringing up Peyton Manning. Raheem Morris. You do, and he's blaming, the, he's blaming this whole debacle of the Broncos. I know we're departing from basketball. He's blaming this debacle on the DB who, who gave up that long touchdown pass in regulation, forgetting completely that the Hall of Fame quarterback had the ball in his hands in overtime and chucked an interception across his body running to the right. Cardinal sin number one of quarterback, and you do not do this. <laughs> Lang, would you please explain to this cat that it's Peyton Manning's fault and not everybody else's? As I told you, I, I, I know enough to not even try to do that in Madden, <laughs> much less a Hall of Fame quarterback trying to pull that off. So, Peyton Manning didn't give up 38 points. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear him, but we can talk about the, the Broncos, but we, we should probably be celebrating the Atlanta Falcons, shouldn't we? Oh, stop. Here we go. Well, Thank actually, you, well, actually, we sh- I know a lot of Falcon fans in Atlanta and, uh, would be rooting for them. I was rooting for the Seahawks. Let me tell you why. Because on Later. Sunday, I was, in, I was in Candlestick Park. Uh-huh. When I tell you I was in the huddle of the 49ers – I was in the sky. I was in a box, a field box where mm-hmm. the where the team comes out of the locker room through the through the HP sky uh, their box, mm-hmm. and they do the announcing of the players. I have I was I could I was touching Frank Gore, and I think that's why he played as well <laughs> as he did. And 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 if Seattle would have won this coming Sunday, I would have been back there mm. eating vegan chili and macaroni and cheese Ooh, and, you know, and can one of the, you know, this, I guess I got to see one of the last games in candlestick park, but I think the 49ers in the Falcon matchup in the dome, Crazy. is going to be real. That's going to be real. Crazy. I hope you were, I hope you were close enough to tie Colin Kaepernick's shoes together. Cause uh, <laughs> uh, way, uh, yeah, I could have done that. The way Russell Wilson was like running circles around the Falcons' defense, I'm not, I'm not too excited about seeing Kaepernick go. But, I uh, nicknamed yeah. him uh, Usain Kaepernick after watching him run past Chuck Woodson and my boys from from Green Bay. That was that was stunning. Um, yeah. You know, I, and it was funny reading the tweets of NBA players and like athletes in other sports. I, I love how Twitter has allowed everybody to kind of peek into the to the immediate reactions of these athletes when they see something, you know, that stuns them or shocks them. Every, yeah. Everybody was watching, um, you know, these playoff games. And in enjoying. a way, in a way, the, the 
I went and watched the Falcons game at, at a bar here in New York on Sunday, and there's like a bar that that I, I didn't know about it that Falcons fans go to. There's one bar, and mm-hmm. I went with uh, my friend Rembert who writes for Grantland, and and we went to that bar, and you know, it made me actually think about the Seattle Sacramento thing because. I haven't lived in Atlanta for 12 years now, but at the end of that game, you know, we were all screaming and jumping around and everything. And, you know, it's, it's the team. It gets, it's the city and the team and the franchise gets into your heart or your soul or something. And you, it's, you can't really control it. And, and to see a team leave a city like that, uh, you know, to me that it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way. Well, I think with 31 seconds to go, that, that kick, being able to get that field goal off to win a playoff game, I, that had to that had to hopefully exercise a lot of ghosts for you guys because if you guys had lost that game, <laughs> oh my gosh, that the team might have left for Atlanta. Yeah. We, uh, you know, what's funny was they when the Seahawks scored the touchdown, I, I turned to to Rem and I said, you know what, I'm glad they scored on the first play because they left 30 seconds on the clock. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't just kneel down once or something. But uh, like they did in Denver. Well, <laughs> so well, there's sorry, 30 dude. seconds, two timeouts to Matt Ryan, and they've done this multiple times this season. I was like, they can get down and get a field goal, and, and they yeah. did. So no, anyway. it's spectacular, man. I mean, this is the 100th podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, we're going to cover the, the whole gamut. Like I said, we still got guests to go. We got plenty of, of guests lined up. Before we finish up with headlines, guys, all-star announcements are coming out. On Thursday night on TNT, the guy's going to be live in L.A. Rick, you'll probably be out there hanging with him. We know how it works. Um, <laughs> what what do you think? Do you, do you have in your mind, you know, the starters are going to be based on the votes, obviously, and, and the votes have been pretty obvious in, when the returns come in. Who who do you think is that guy or guys that need to be on an all-star team this season that maybe haven't in the past or or maybe just have been playing so well that they must be included this year? Ooh. Um, David Lee for me, but I, I, I don't think he's a first-time All-Star, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's made one before. He's been on a, he, he was, a, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when he was with New York, he was a, um, put on the team after somebody else. Yeah, after someone, exactly. Yeah. So he's been And, and I'll, give you, I'll give you one more. You can pick one of the two. Curry and I think Lillard is even actually warranted. Really? Ray wow. Portland has played. I know he'd be the first rookie since – I can't remember who, but a long time to yeah. make it the All Star team. Right, that kid, that kid has actually played well enough to to. And I know it's a thick, it's a thick Western Conference in yeah. the guard position with Parker, you know, Parker, Paul, yeah. Westbrook. I mean, and Curry. It's a Curry. lot of guys, but I just want to mention his name only because I think what he's doing as a rookie point guard, yeah, is is impressive. Uh, is, this the, is this the year Josh Smith makes it? Finally, I, I would have thought so before he got suspended for tonight's game, uh, to Wednesday night's game against Brooklyn. Yeah. The, the return also of the, Joe Johnson. Also the slide, too. yeah, and they're struggling. I mean, they yeah. are they are struggling. They still have a winning record, obviously, still maintaining their playoff position, which tells you how well they played before this slide that they've been able to hold on. But uh, it's going to be tough, guys. What about and and I was in in a Twitter frenzy about this last night after watching the highlights. Um, and again, that starters announcement is going to be on TNT Thursday night with Ernie and Kenny and Charles and Shaq and the whole crew live from LA. Uh, the start All Star starters announcement on TNT Thursday night. What about two guys that are coming off the bench who are playing 
at an all-star level. And, and my suggestion was that we – Where you're going. I know. My suggestion is that regardless, we invite these two cats to Houston and let them play one-on-one Saturday night just for pure entertainment value. But what about, what about the Clippers' Jamal Crawford and the Knicks' J.R. Smith? That's a good What call. do you do with those two guys? I mean – Oh, man. I think they both played well enough to be in that conversation. I think, you know, Jamal <sighs> – Definitely Jamal. I mean, Jamal, I can't – I don't know how you could – I mean, he's playing on one of the very best teams in the league and putting up ridiculous numbers. I yeah. can see three of those guys going from the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd obviously have to leave somebody home. Um, but, it, you know, somebody gets left home every year. But how do you tell these guys no? Like, how do you tell J.R. Smith with the season he's had and the, and the way he's playing both ends of the floor and the work he did, you know, when, when Carmelo maybe was out or somebody else was out and they needed him to – to you know, to pick up the scoring load, those two guys to me would deserve a look. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got another name. I was just thinking about. I don't know if this guy. I mean, what about Paul George? George, exactly. Yeah. Guy who's come on as of late and really, you know, cranked it up and playing West. Uh, every year, somebody is going to get left out in the All Star conversation, and it's tough. You look at it and go, man, this guy didn't make it. And you know, you look at a guy like Jamal, who's played off the bench, you know, as a starter in all these different places, has put up numbers. And it's never, you know, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that could, unfortunately for him, go through his career and never get that chance. Like a lot of good, you know, good to great players who have who've had fantastic seasons, but for whatever reasons, the numbers, the position you play, the year in particular, you just don't get a chance to experience right. being an all-star. Um, I, you know, I, it's going to be a tough one. I, I've seen lots of people's lists about who shouldn't shouldn't be on there. And there's going to be some some quality veteran players who are used to being All-Stars who who probably haven't had the kind of season you need to be on an All-Star team. Dirk Nowitzki. Name names. Name you know, names. Well, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki. He's oh, been yeah. out for so long, yeah. he's no. not going to get voted in. Right. You know, and, and, and the Western Conference coaches, if they were to put him on the team, you know, it, it would be a years of service nod as opposed to what he's actually done this season, would it not? Right. right. Who, go, who goes from the Grizzlies? I think Zebo's got to go. What about Conley? No, nah, that, that guard crop is well, too thick. Did, for him. I think Zebo. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about a guy who's going to be missing is Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. Zebo's leading the league in double doubles, or at least he, he and David Lee have been neck and neck all season. I, I don't know how you could leave him off. Right. Does Chicago you know. get two guys? See, that's that's a great question. I, I mean, we're gonna put Carlos Boozer on there. Well, Joe Kim Noah or Joe Kim and Dang. Oh. I mean, how do you? How do you I mean, sort those guys out? You gotta, I mean, well, you gotta at least have one guy on there, right? You would, I mean, think. you would think. I mean, I would think Dang probably makes it, but but I mean, Noah's averaging almost twelve and eleven. You know, um, so I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make the choices. Darren Williams go. He said he doesn't want. He said he doesn't deserve to. Wow, that's enough. So. For me. Yeah, if any dude wants to take himself out of it, that makes my job easier. If I'm a coach, yeah, great. No Darren, you know. <laughs> That's 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 real talk though. I mean, yeah, they've been playing a, better than nine and one in the last ten. He, he, he yeah. must have had something to do with that. I think yeah. Joe. I think. What do you do with Joe Johnson? Nah, Joe can't go. You know, I think I've seen a lot of people's list who think Joe belongs in the on the Eastern Conference All Star team. Not this year. Not not. I don't think so. Yeah. Or, or I mean, if you're going to take a net, what about the leading scorer, Brook Lopez. Lopez? Yeah, I mean, Brook Lopez. I think out of all of them on the Nets, I think Brook probably is the most deserving. Most deserving. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a great argument that they're going to have Thursday night uh, when the All Star starters are announced on TNT, and next week, of course, we'll have uh, the reserves 
announced, I believe. So it's all-star revving up here. Uh, I'm fired up about it, going to Houston, seeing how it all plans out. Um, I know you guys are cranked up as well about about getting to Houston. Uh, but, hey, this is this is our day. This is the 100th podcast. This is the 100th episode of the Hang Time, Time Podcast. So let's spend a little time patting ourselves on the back here. And, and, and let's talk to some other people who maybe have been watching us from afar. You'd be surprised who's listening to the Hang Time Podcast. Check this. Check out a little bit from our, our guys at the Emmy Award winning Inside the NBA set. Sat down with those guys last week, guys, and, and they had a little bit to say about us. Seku Smith from the Hang Time Podcast here on our 100th episode, hanging out on the set. The 100th episode? 100th episode. Congratulations. That's Appreciate a big feat. A lot Appreciate of people don't make it to 100. Make it to 100. We syndicated now. I, I see. Do you get like a bonus or something? Nope. No, this is the bonus. Hanging uh, out with you guys tonight. Well, we hanging glad out to with have the, you with the big show here. We see you on NBA TV all the time. I try and do a little something. Yeah, you know, you know, they actually do a really good job over there because, you know, like when you watch other networks, they go from sport to sport. The thing I like about NBA TV, I get okay. I need to see all the highlights for the night. So y'all guys keep it up. I mean, and, and it's really good that you could be a producer and a singer. <laughs> Gerald Levert looking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad y'all warming me up already. Has he failed? Nigga, had a producer. I tell you, I didn't know. This kind of fun, though. This is the kind of fun we have on the podcast. And of, and, of course, our listeners, man, we've had so many different people on the air with us. But we haven't had you guys as a group. And I'm curious, this kind of cosmic energy that you have to develop on a show like this, where does it come from? Where is the, where's the center of the energy for this show? Well, I, I think that we just want people to have fun. You got to understand something. Most of the time... Our whole night is dictated by how good the game is. Right. The only time we ever worry is when we get bad games because the bad games are no fun. But we got a great creative people behind us upstairs. They let us go pretty much where we want to. So we try to do 50, I guess, you know, I always say 50-50, but it's really more 60-40. We want people to laugh and have more fun and 40% of basketball. So. Right. Kind of like when you're sitting at home. No one watches the game for three hours. <laughs> in that three hours, you kind of talk about some other topics. Yeah. We talk about those other topics. Yeah. And, that, and you keep that, in, keep that in mind. Absolutely. Shaq, for you, joining this crew, you know, last year, how's it been, the transition, leaving the court, coming in here to the studio and rocking with these guys every night? It's fun. You know, it's a great group of guys. Uh, Hall of Famer Chuck, you know, me and Kenny have been friends for a long time. My kids used to go to birthday parties together 15, 16 years ago. Ernie is amazing. And, you know, I'm actually honored to be up here with these guys. Uh, I hope to be as good as them one day. But, you, you know. Wait, wait, I'm crying. Good thing about this guys. Hold on a second. Good thing about this, you know, we have we have a lot of experience up here. You yeah. know, Ernie's been doing a long time. You know, Chuck Chuck was a great player. Kenny was a great player. I was the greatest big man ever created. But I don't like bragging about myself. <laughs> Must be a Jordan coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so, you know, like. I think people watch us because, you know, they know and they understand that we know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, this show is not all about talking about stats all the time. So, you know, we may have some insight that, the, uh, you know, the regular mind might not have. Exactly. Charles, for you, this show has been such a, you know, a giant leaping off point. Like, I know people who don't know anything about basketball. Mm-hmm. They don't watch the show, but they know Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Is it strange ever for you to walk around and get the kind of attention you get from people in the streets? I think it's strange. I've been retired for so long now. I'm known more as a TV guy than a player. Right. You know, because I knew when it was time to retire because everybody knew me from Space Jam. <laughs> like, I always tell people, like, 
they, people forgot that I actually could play back in the day, and it's like, oh, you're the guy from Space Jam. And now, the thing that's funny <laughs> about this job is, uh, before Shaq got here, and now it's more, some Shaq, no matter where I'm at in the country traveling, they want to know where Ken and Ernie is. <laughs> I mean, every single, like, I was down at the National Championship game, they're like, where's Ken and Ernie? And now they says, where, where's Shaq and Ken and Ernie? But that's to me the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like that is the weirdest. Yeah. I mean, you, they, people think you're attached to him. I mean, yeah. you're in the bathroom. You're at your stall. Hey, where's Chuck? <laughs> he ain't here, man. He ain't here, man. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah, but that that to me, people like like I say, people. That's the first thing. Like when say when I'm in Miami or Philly. Or Seattle somewhere. People know where's Ernie and Kenny and Shaq. I said, you know, dude, we just work together. We don't hang out together all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, you mentioned Seattle, Chuck. The the league obviously it looks like it's heading back to Seattle. What do y'all think about that? Well, in terms of Seattle becoming an NBA city again. Well, I, first of all, I think it's a travesty because Seattle they had the best fans in the NBA. They should have never lost their team. Number one, and those fans in Sacramento. Uh, these owners, they don't care about these fans. Uh, the one thing I can say about Sacramento, even when they weren't any good, obviously when C-Webb got there, they became a really terrific team. But even before that, even when they weren't any good, they sold out every game. It was one of the loudest places to play. I've always said that Seattle had the most hostile environment. <clears throat> it was one of the cool places to play when I played in the NBA. But I always think it's a travesty and a joke when they rob these cities of their team. Now, if a team is not doing well, uh, the, the team is obviously not very good, but when they were like when they first got to the NBA, it was an expansion team. Those fans were great, and when they became a really good team, they sold out every single night. I mean, I think for a while they had the streak of the longest sellouts in NBA in history, yeah. and I think it's a joke that they're taking that team from Sacramento. But I'm obviously somewhat happy for the people in Seattle because that was a fantastic place to play. Yeah, Shaq, one of my partners on the podcast, Rick Fox. We have a hard time tracking Rick down every week, you know, usually three hours before we can actually get him to the microphone. Last question, and I appreciate you guys, like I said, hanging out with us here on the Hangtime Podcast 100th episode. Any advice for Rick in the broadcast game? I mean, you're a vet now after a year. What, what does Rick need to do to up his game? You know, the thing that Rick has going for himself is he's a pretty man. He's a pretty man. <laughs> he's a pretty man. You know what? The prettiest guys in the world are Boris Kojo. And Rick Fox. So, you know, a lot of times Rick be talking and, and I almost, almost like gaze off because I'm like, damn, that boy beautiful. <laughs> and then I have to snap out of it. But, no, he's, he, you know, Rick right now is living the life. Uh, he's in the Bahamas. Uh, beautiful fiance. Right. He's doing his thing. Congratulations, Rick. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Well, listen, thank you for joining us. And uh, we, as always, we'll be watching on Thursday nights, guys. Keep up the great work. Thanks. All right. Yeah. All right. Damn that boy beautiful. Hold on, man. I, 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 I didn't know I was engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say congrats, Rick. I didn't congrats, know that. Shaq. So breaking news. On... I'm so pretty. I'm engaged, apparently. <laughs> Shaq, breaking news on the Hangtime Podcast. Your fiance is going to be looking for that rock tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Easy roll. Diesel, easy roll. <laughs> I, was thinking, no, I, I was thinking that must be why they went to the Bahamas. Ah, you holding out on us, Rick. Yeah, nah, nah, you guys be the first to know. <laughs> In all seriousness, hanging out on that set, man, was fantastic. That that TNT Thursday night set, I mean, award-winning, unbelievable crew. You know, Ernie Johnson running the show. 
and, and Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Shaquille O'Neal. Guys, it doesn't get any better. Uh, on, they, you know, it doesn't get any better than that set, than that, than that set, and those guys talking basketball. To me, they are by far the most dynamic pre-post, off day, any day sports, yeah. regardless of what the sport is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, show. I mean, that that they they just transcended. Just hey, tune in to hear what's happening in basketball. Right. They're just they're and er, look, Ernie's brilliant in the way he orchestrates and and the maestro of that. But just the chemistry among all those guys and their their uh, their ability to be free and open and, and and be themselves and actually have strong opinions and battle each other about it. You know, it makes it interesting to watch. You feel like you're a part of a fraternity, tuning in and catching up. And look, man, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. I can I can walk into a, a sports bar, a restaurant, a lobby, or someplace and catch those guys and people are sitting down watching them yeah. right. in any language. Yeah. Back in 2000 was when I started. I moved to New York and started at Slam, and that was when Charles started on TNT. Mm-hmm. And uh, within, like, the first month of that show being on, we were like, we got to do a story on this. So I came down and I hung out one night in the green room with Charles, Kenny, and Ernie um, and spent the entire evening with the three of them. Um, at the time, I was I was dating uh, my wife. At the time, we were just dating. And I, at one point, I'm on the phone with her. I just called her from the set. And I'm like, hey, yeah, we're good. I'm just uh, hanging out. And Charles walks up from behind and just takes the phone out of my hand. <laughs> and he goes, who is this? And my wife <laughs> says, uh, this is Lang's girlfriend. And he's like, what kind of hold does Lang have on you? <laughs> <laughs> so those guys like you know to me and i've told people this a lot of times those guys having and since then i've been around them a few times off the set off the air they're exactly the way they are yes. on the oh. air yes you know and that, and to me that's kind of why they're so successful they they manage to be um authentic yeah. And and their personalities are, are are great on and off. And Rick and I, we did that um, social media award show, and we got to work with Tim Kiley, who produces Inside the NBA. Yes, and, and a shout out to him, Lane, because he's the man who uh, who who cracked the uh, the set door to let me out there and yeah. uh, get on the set with him. So I mean, big ups to Tim Kiley. And, well, and, and Rick and I were talking about it when we were doing the the social media awards how TK he he came out and was like. You know, just just do what you want. Just be kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you remember scared. that, Rick? <laughs> yeah, he's TK scared me with that because I I didn't know if he was serious or if he was just trying to make sure I was I was loose and relaxed about host, us hosting the show. Yeah, and but nah, like he just he kept sitting off stage going, ah, "Don't read the cue cards. <laughs> say what you want to say. It's far more interesting." <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> no, that's that's the energy though on that uh, in that crew. It's, it's those guys up there on the set, and then it's all these fantastic people behind the scenes who yeah. make it happen. And uh, I'm telling you, when I got in here into the building last Thursday, and when Shaq walked in, man, Kenny, Charles, and Ernie are great, but Shaq to me brings such a funny element to the whole dynamic because yeah. I mean, in addition to like body slamming people over couches, talking about some Ray Lewis, you know, what I mean, he's just. He's a character in in a half, and he's a giant, you know. So I mean, but he's got a great personality that that really blends with that crew. He he kind of came in, and you know, you never know what kind of chemistry they'll have when you add another, you know, huge personality to that to that group. And I think now more than ever, you're getting a chance to appreciate what he brings, how those guys play off of each other, and just the 
like you said, Rick, the best there is. Yeah. In, you know, in the, my, in, yep. in, the, in the business. For my time, if I'm yeah. watching TV. And let me one thing about Ernie, because uh, Ernie kind of gets overlooked in all that. It seems to me because he, he's so good and and so good at being the traffic cop in the middle of that that you don't really notice what a good job he does. To me, um, I, I, I certainly I think a lot of people appreciate it. The, the I, job he does. I, when I when I started writing every day on Slam Online, way before I'd met Ernie and any of those guys, I made a joke one day and I was just like, um, I said something about I guess to be, <laughs> I guess if you're going to be on Inside the NBA, you have to be balding, and, uh, <laughs> and I you know I just wrote it and put it out there, and like the next day I got an email from Ernie Johnson, <laughs> and it said, <laughs> and it said Lang, ouch, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you're right or something like that, you know. <laughs> So and and since then, um, you know, he, he can take a joke, and I think that's part of the thing too. Is all those guys can take a joke, similar to the way the three of us are. Exactly. I mean, I, I told them that hey, you know, we're obviously we're we're, we're at a hundred, you know, episodes. They're obviously way past us, but we're aspiring to be, you know, where they are. We want to be the hottest podcast out there. So we appreciate them for for lending us a hand on episode one hundred and uh, TK. Uh, Scooter Vertino, Eric Jackson, Steve Quintana, John Donovan, you know, all these people around here that, that people who, who don't hear on the guys? air. These are all the people that, that <laughs> sign the checks around here that make it happen. We, we, the we, best, man. Yes, we all. owe them a huge, a huge debt of gratitude. Christina Miller, obviously, the, the big boss running the whole show. You know, we owe all of them uh, a huge, a huge thank you for allowing right. all of these people – well, to, I've to never, I've never of heard scene. of any. I've never heard of any of them. But yeah, you say so that so. now. Wait till, <laughs> wait till the first and the fifteenth. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why we're the best. That's why we got. That's why everyone got. Look at me. I'm talking about. That's why we got to a hundred. Because we got a team. It's not just the three of us. And let me. Hey, wait. I'm gonna say. I'll say this. It's just not early, early and mo. Early this summer. Um, I can't remember how we found out, but Seku and I got an email that this year Rick Fox is going to be joining us on the podcast. And I called Seku and I was like, look, this is going to be great. Cause I, I, we did that social media awards. Rick is really good. He's funny. Um, and I, and to be honest, I've been very impressed Rick with you making the effort to get on here every week. Cause there's been plenty of weeks. There's been plenty of weeks where we're like, well, you know, you're getting off a plane or you're in the Bahamas or whatever, and you don't have to, to, to jump up through the hoops that you do. So hey, man, uh, I'm just, I, hey, I appreciate that, but I'm just testing our, I'm testing our markets beyond like, you know, American soil. I'm right. kind of, we, we need to let people know I'm out here on the forefront, just, you know, Making sure people tuning in from the Bahamas. The next thing is Europe. You know, we're gonna make sure they tune in from Europe. We're we gonna need to be live on location from somewhere right. nice like that. That's we our be goal. In, we should be in London right now. Oh, who you telling? That's right. Um, but not, you know, the show has had its twists and turns. Like we've we've tried to do it a million different ways, and that's the great thing about this format. We we've come on. We talked to Charlie Murphy. I mean, we've talked to some of everybody. Uh, you know, we we talked to a, a doctor, I think, one time who mm-hmm. we were trying to get to school us about something. I mean, we've – I can't run down the entire list. Yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic. In Rick mediums. debated Etan Thomas. Well, Etan Thomas, you know, eviscerated <laughs> us in, in a debate that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but and, – and, and we can't forget our, our, our super producer behind the, behind the glass here, Greg Wagan, who's come on and really – Helped us reshape the show um, yes, and done a fantastic job. You know, we 
again, we're at, we're at 100. I can't imagine the blowout we're going to plan for, for 200. Hey, how much longer am I a rookie? Uh, you got to do 82 games. So you got eighty. You got to do 82 <laughs> podcasts before you get you shed rookie status. Wow. And, and, Actually, we, and, that, and, and we that, want Krispy Kremes. I need some Diet Krispy Kremes in Houston every no, morning while we're here. Diet Krispy Kremes. <laughs> so bring one of those Krispy Kreme cheeseburgers. <laughs> Three start falling like rain. Here's Josh in transition. Tough shot to hit it. And he is on it tonight, folks. Lob the jump. Oh, my goodness. Throw it down, big fella. He is the only man in NBA history to average over 15.7 boards, three assists, two blocks, and one steal in his career. That, that's unbelievable. Guys, you know what? Believe it or not, we're not the only ones celebrating. Um, right now, we you know we got a hundred in. We got another guy who's been on the show before, who's doing his two thousandth consecutive broadcast on Wednesday night at Phillips Arena. Let's let's check in with our guy Steve Holman, the radio voice of the Atlanta Hawks, who's who's got a milestone of his own to celebrate. Well, Stevie, how you doing, sir? Great, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Congrats, my man. Congrats. Two thousand consecutive games. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you do your first few, and you don't think it's going to get to the next few, and then all of a sudden uh, you get a hundred, and then a couple hundred, and then you get a thousand, and uh, the next thing you know, a uh, few more gray hairs, and you have two thousand. <laughs> you know, Lang was in diapers when you, this thing started, right? He was. Uh, he might have been. You know, there were a lot of people that. Uh, but you what, remember why would the that first game, di- Steve? Why is it? Why is that any different than now for Lang? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Big Fox here. Do you remember your first game? Uh, the first one I did, uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the streak started in, in 89. The first game I did was in the 85-86 season. Of our old buddy John Sterling, who does the Yankees now, uh, was doing TV. And when he would do TV, I would do radio uh, back in those days. And the, uh, uh, the first one I did, I think, was against the Pistons, the very first game. I, I especially do remember that first one in this streak, though, that I – when I first started counting was when John went to spring training in the 88-89 season in March when they opened spring training. And uh, the, first, the first one I did was at the, the old Cap Center in Landover, Maryland, as the, uh, the Hawks took on the, uh, the, well, it was the Bullets back in those days. Yeah, Jeff I can't, remember, I can't remember if we won, though, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Steve, I'm sure there's been times where you've, had, you've been sick or you had a cold or, you know, I mean, players – as, as much as you travel with the team and, you know, players get sick on the plane, all that stuff, have there ever been – what's the closest you've come to, to missing a game in these last 2,000? Well, you know, there have been a few times I've had colds and, you know, bronchitis and, and that kind of thing. I guess, the, you know, maybe the closest I ever came was we were in New York one night and um, they um, – I was having like a real bad case of a cold, bronchitis. Uh, you know, it was all in my chest, kind of asthma thing. And right. uh, I could uh, upstairs there in New York where we broadcast from. I was coming down, and I could barely walk down across the floor. And I think I had turned totally pale. And uh, uh, they, uh, Mike Saunders, the old trainer for the Knicks, uh, he took me into this room, and they thought I was having a heart attack or something, and they were going to wheel me into the hospital. And I was like, no. I was like, you know, uh, I have a game tomorrow night at home. And uh, so Joe O'Toole, our trainer, got me onto the plane, our plane, and uh, – the next morning, I went to see our team doctors, and they gave me two shots, uh, one in each uh, 
uh, cheek. <laughs> and I, I, I think one was some sort of steroid and one was some sort of adrenaline. And they told me that I was nuts because I uh, was probably supposed to be in the hospital for about three days. But I did the game that night, and uh, that's probably as close as I've ever come. Steve, I know there's, you know, obviously in a stretch of 2,000 straight games, it's got to be hard to pick out, you know, the the game or two that really stand out above the others. But there have to be some games in that in that 2,000 game stretch that that really, like, if you look back on it and go, man, I'll never forget that night or this was the night this happened or this or the other. What's right. what's your top five that you can think of off top? Well, you know? well, you know, one of the things is that the, the, the great part about it, of what we do, uh, is that every night something's different. You know, it's reality TV, reality radio every night because you just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I would say the most memorable I've had, and one that I did that wasn't really in the streak, but it was while I was broadcasting and did the game on radio, was – uh, that famous series between Bird and, and Dominique, and I, uh, you know, Game Five was was better for me because we won that game on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as uh, it, during the streak, though, I mean, there, there there were plenty that that stuck out. I mean, there was a night, and I can't remember the date. Uh, I I think it might be in the program tonight that they have these top ten dates. I, I gave them the top ten games, and they figured John Steinberg and our PR department figured out the dates because. You know, I can hardly remember what happened last week anymore. But um, we had a game in Miami that, uh, that Smitty went crazy. I think he had nine three pointers, and uh, you know, a bunch of them were in the fourth quarter, and we came back and won that one. That's one that I especially remember. But you know, the big milestone games too. Dominique scoring his twentieth, twenty thousandth point. Uh, I got to call that. I got to call it when he broke Bob Pettit's record. Uh, you know, as the Hawks' all-time leading scorer. Uh, I got to call Lenny Wilkins' uh, game that he broke the record, uh, Red Auerbach's old record, and had a chance to have a little cigar with him after the game. And, uh, you know, the, those are the ones that, that kind of stand out. And, and there have been a lot of others, too, that uh, over the years you, you kind of remember. And, uh, you know, there's so many guys that come in and out. Uh, and, and you remember, like Matt Bullard, for instance, who does the, the Rockets games on TV now. He was with us. I don't think more than a half a season, but he had one of the, he had one of those games where where he scored eight or nine three pointers, and and we ended up you know winning late in the game. And uh, you know those are kind of the the, the fun ones to remember, and uh, you know certain ones along the way you you kind of remember and, and players you remember, and uh, you know Dominique is always right in the middle of all the things I remember. And, of course, uh, you know Doc Rivers too. Doc was one of my all time favorite guys with the Hawks and. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the Doc is still by far the all-time leading uh, assist leader uh, with the Hawks uh, of all time. So I, I, you know, I kind of I've been pulling for them to put his number up in the rafters there at uh, Phillips Arena. Yeah, Steve, do you think that you know? I mean, this day and age of digital technology and all the changes, you know, the radio announcer somehow has has found a way to to hang on to that that energy that fans have you know when I heard somebody talking about this the other day that they said the power went out you know during the Falcons game and so they couldn't see it on their 80, 80 inch screen TV but they had their radio on at the same time they said they watched games with their radio on do you get that from people still that even yeah, with I, even I with people being able to watch it on iPads and all this stuff they still like to hear the radio call yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, you know, there, there aren't a, a lot of people, I don't think, that go to the trouble to do it. But the ones that tell me they do, uh, the new technology has actually helped when you have, uh, 
you know, the DVRs and everything. I guess there's a way, and I don't really know how to do this, but there's a way you sync that up with the radio broadcast. If you're listening online on, on NBA.com, on the Audio Pass, or, mm-hmm. you know, on the NBA Game Time app or whatever, you can get the TV and, and, and roll back a few seconds or ahead a few seconds, I guess, on your DVR and, and sync it up. So there are people that still do it. But I think the, the, the value of the radio guy is that we're kind of the – uh, we're kind of that familiar person, that familiar voice, you know. We're your friend every night. If you're going to the grocery store, or you, you know, you have to run out to the drugstore, or you know, make a little trip here or there. I mean, I don't expect people are going to sit down and listen to me every night from the opening tip-off to the end of the game. And uh, you know, that's why one of the things radio, I think, is good for. You can tune it in, you can tune it out, you can. But when you tune in. The good ones, the good radio announcers, are always going to give you the score after every basket. They're going to give you the time after every basket, and uh, you know some of it's mechanical, and 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 the rest of it is you, uh, you know, you try to make it uh, the, the theater of the mind. You know, paint the picture, if you will. Well, I've had the the good fortune of I got to call a game with Steve, and the thing Steve that was amazing to me was your score sheet. Um, and you you talked you talked about it right before we went on there. But can you tell us about your score sheet? You've been doing it the same way for all two thousand games, right? Well, well, all two thousand games plus. Uh, you know, when I started to keep score for Johnny Most, it was uh, back in the early seventies. You know, I, I was a kid and uh, worked for Kurt Gowdy. And that's, that's my dog Gowdy. Gowdy right? <laughs> yeah, he's barking right now. He's a little cockapoo <laughs> named after Kurt Gowdy. Uh, but I kept that score sheet for Johnny Most when I was a kid. And uh, he's the one who kind of taught me how to do it, and I've refined it a little bit over the years. But it's basically the same score sheet I've used for well 40 years now, and uh, in all, you know, 28 with the Hawks and uh, during this streak. That's wild. And w- the, what, I, think I, I was going to say you said ahead, you mentioned Rick. Johnny Most. Uh, I actually started my days in Boston, and, and I got right, a chance to that, meet Rick, yeah. Were you there at the same time? Uh, when you were there, no, I was already gone. But I'm not that, you know, I'm not that young. I'm a little older than you, than you are, Rick. But uh, oh, not on Blue Steve. You don't sound it. Uh, no, but I, I know you were there. And Johnny was uh, uh, Johnny was still there, right? When you started. Yeah, he wasn't, wasn't calling uh, games as uh, as much. Uh, but yeah, he had I got a chance there. to meet him and stuff. And right, hear him right. Say his name. Well, he was very, I mean, you know, as a kid, sometimes in this business, you'll run into people who kind of big time you a little bit, but uh, Johnny never did that. I mean, I was, uh, you know, from the minute I went up and got the courage to meet him and uh, talk to him, you know, he he took me right under his wing and uh, he let me sit there with him. And then eventually he got confident enough in me to let me keep his score sheet for him. And uh, so I did that every night and I got his coffee for him and uh, filled up his thermos every night back in the press room and back in those days. Uh, you know, I used to get his English ovals, his cigarettes, and bring them out to him. So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, he, he had those going, too, during the games. And as time went on, they stopped the smoking in the buildings. But he somehow still managed to, uh, you know, find a way to, to keep that cigarette down there. And one, there's a, you know, a couple of famous stories about him lighting his pants on fire. Right. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> some of those. But, how many, how many, yeah. how many uh, co-hosts have you had over the years? Uh, you know what? The funny thing is, uh, of all the years, the 28 years that I've done it, the only time I've had a, a, a an analyst was 3D, and uh, those were for three years before he, uh, you know, big time me and went to you guys on NBA TV. <laughs> uh, but those three years were uh, those were fun. I mean, I guess I could probably say that there were a lot of those games that were the closest I've ever uh, come to missing because of him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was a little wild, kind of trying try to keep up with him traveling. But uh, I managed, I did manage to survive that. Maybe if he had, if he hadn't gone to NBA TV, I might either be not doing the games now or dead. Or, or you know, Steve. Steve, I think another thing that the fans really appreciate about you is is that you're honest uh, during games. You know, there's times where he, obviously you're a Hawks fan and. That's the team you're calling their games, but there's times where you know when Josh fires up one of those long jumpers or whatever. I mean, you 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 hit a great balance between being honest and and calling the game for Hawks fans. Is is that something you picked up from most, or is that something you've kind of developed? Yeah, well, well, Johnny Most was like the classic, you know, homer, right. probably even worse than me. But he's the one who taught me that it was the good guys against the bad guys. You know, like in the cowboy movies, right. the bad guys always wore the black hats and the good guys had the white hats. And that's what he told me. That's that's the way this is. And, uh, you know, he came up with the, you know, the Rick Mahorn thing with the McFilthy and McNasty and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, he made it so people listening to the game, because there weren't that many games on TV back in the old days, so... I mean, he made it so people listening would, would get themselves into a frenzy over these guys, and whenever they would come into town, they'd want to come in to boo them, so that's how he sold tickets. Uh, and, you know, and he did a great job of that. But but for me, though, you guys mentioned, uh, Seiko, I think you mentioned the, the digital age yeah. and the things like that. The one thing that's really changed a lot is the fact that uh, because of NBA.com, uh, Audio Pass, and the, the, all the apps and the Game Time app and people that are listening they can listen all over the world now it's not just a local broadcast anymore so if you say something you know there's going to be some uh blogger it is sitting in his underpants in his mother's basement uh, you know who's going to write about it and uh and and there's really no there's no filters on those bloggers they can kill you they can rip you whatever they want and uh and that's the thing because you know a lot of times you would say things uh, just figure you're talking right to the local audience only, and right. now you get these other people that are listening, and uh, you know it turns into a whole different ball game. Well, Steve, you know we're, this is our 100th show, and and we obviously have a long, long, long way 1800 to go. 1800 to go. Yeah, before we get anywhere near you. But well, I uh, think I've been on. I think I've been on two of them now out of the hundred. So. so that's yeah. good. Yeah. What, is there is there a secret to it? I mean, how is it that you've been able to do it? 2,000 straight games. Uh, you mean like physically or just... I don't know. Is it that you love your job or... or... No, I do, I do love it. I mean, I, I had... My dad uh, was a draftsman and he hated his job, and, but he went every day. So he, you know, he okay. taught me to go to work every day. And, uh, and I have a job that I love. I mean, and, and I figure if he hated his job and could go every day and I have a job that I love... You know, I certainly the, work, the the least I can do is show up every day. But I love it. I mean, I I look forward to every night, even when we were bad. I look forward to it every night because there's always something that's going to happen that's different. I mean, for instance, the other night, uh, my last game in Chicago. I mean, who would ever expect that we'd score five points in the second quarter? <laughs> go, you know, and go two for twenty one. Yeah. I mean, these are things that you know you hate to see that happen, but it's it's something that you can say, gee, you know, I was there for that. And, uh, you know, they scored 58 points, which almost broke the record that was set in 1955 by the uh, the Hawks when they were in Milwaukee. So, I mean, you know, there's always something that, that's going to happen every night. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's crazy. And you, you mentioned, Lang, about how being honest, you know, about Josh and everything. I, I didn't have any gray hair until Josh came in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, Josh but, won't be there tonight. He won't, he won't even get to see 2,000. 
Um, no, I think he. I, I think the reason he got suspended was he didn't want to be part of the ceremonies <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Did he just not want to hand you the ball? I guess when you kid. <laughs> I think that was it. I figured. I guess he figures it's worth about fifty grand not to be there for me tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, and I hate to break into the news here while we're talking to Steve Holman, the radio voice of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, but Josh Smith uh, suspended for a game for conduct detrimental uh, to the team, which. You know, you can play with that any way you want. Steve, ex- explain to me the, the 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 strange relationship that that entire crew has. You know, people see the team, they see the players, the coach. But I know as well as Lang does, we've both been on that plane. There's a ton of other people involved behind the scenes that are traveling with this team and, and, and really experiencing basically everything that they experience. You've survived how many regimes in, in all your years with the Hawks? Oh, quite a few. I mean, you know, coaches, I think it's seven or eight. I mean, and that includes, you know, there were two seven-year stints in there. Mike Woodson was seven years, and, right. and Lenny Wilkins was seven years. So, I mean, but, I, you know, there's been a lot of them come and go. Uh, you know, there have been several general, general managers and, you know, a couple of ownerships. But, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, you just do your job and do a good job, and, uh, you know, people will will appreciate that and, uh uh, a lot of ways I look at it is the radio announcer. If you can, you know, not draw attention to yourself too much, uh, you can keep the job for a long time. It's it, it's it's a you know it's a job of a lifetime. And for a lot of the radio guys around the league, uh, it is a you know a lifetime job. I mean, you know, Chick uh, did the games for the Lakers until he was 86, and the only reason he stopped was he died. Right. You know, otherwise he'd still be doing them now. And uh, Al McCoy out in Phoenix, uh, I, he's in his 40th year, or you know, and he's he's pretty much up there in age. So uh, guys do this. They don't. There's only 30 of these jobs, and 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 people don't don't let them go. And uh, you know, they they fight and kick and scream and holler. Uh, you know, until somebody drags you away from it. Right. Who who are your I mean, you've got two thousand straight. Who's the Who's the man when when you guys get together, the radio announcers? Who gets to walk in the room and wear the Grand Puba hat when you? Well, Al McCoy right now. He's uh-huh. the, you know, he's the man right now. He's got the most time, the most seniority. But uh, you've got Ralph Lawler out there with the Clippers, who you know has done this for many many years. And, right. Uh, he has the distinction of having the most losses of anybody <laughs> any broadcaster in the history of the NBA. Uh, nice. You know. He's been doing it, but he's you know I'm so happy for him that they finally have you know a winner for him. Yeah, and if you know if he could possibly ever get a ring, I mean that would be oh, you know that would be great uh, you know for Ralph. Uh, but you know George Blaha with the Pistons has been there forever. Uh, a lot of guys have been there a long time, but Al is kind of the man right now. Al McCoy, he's the one that everybody kind of looks to, and uh, you know when there's something going on or. Uh, around the league, uh, Al's usually the guy everybody calls to find out what's you know what's happening, what's what's going on. Al, what do we you know what do we do? Or when guys are looking for contracts, you know they call Al and they want to know how much everybody makes. Al usually knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Steve, we appreciate it, man. Two thousand straight tonight celebration at Phillips Arena. Let's hope the Hawks get you a win as yes. well. Um, you know, and I'm sure Josh will tweet something to you during the game to let you know that he's thinking about you. He even stopped tweeting, didn't he? He doesn't tweet before, <laughs> I don't think. He saw 2,000 coming and decided he was going to just go berserk, well, well, huh? Well, no, he tweeted. I think you, you probably know this, Zico. I think he tweeted, tweeted for about a week. And uh, he got so much people, so many people that were on his back about it. He he stopped doing it. You know, fans were 
fans were coming back at him with stuff, and he just said, that's enough of that. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm done with this tweeting business. Twitter's not for everybody. Twitter's not for no, everybody. No, it's not. You, you have to be thick-skinned. That's one thing I found out on Twitter. <laughs> Steve Holman, the radio voice of the Atlanta Hawks. Congratulations again, sir, and thanks for joining us. All right. All right, you guys. I appreciate it. Have thanks a good for one. thinking about Congrats. me. All right, Steve. Bye-bye. Thanks. Guys, 2,000 straight. I haven't done anything 2,000 straight times. I don't even- I don't think I've even brushed my teeth 2,000 straight times. I'm sure I missed a day somewhere in there. <laughs> That's a long time, Lang. You were you were skinny the last time uh, the Hawks had a radio broadcast and, and Steve Holman wasn't doing it. I was going to say the one thing you might have done 2,000 straight times is at dinner. Eh, I might have skipped the dinner here or there. Maybe, maybe Rick. Maybe. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, 2,000 is incredible. Yeah, that's, that's a staggering number. That's mind over body. Yeah. That yeah. is definitely me. You talk about guys stringing, stringing, uh, you know, like AC Green, you know, stringing consecutive yeah. games together. Yeah. Look, the, 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 the announcers are on the same physical grind, and some of them going back to the days where they didn't travel with the teams. Yeah. And they had to do it commercially as well. So, yeah, that's they got to be on top of their game just as well. So that's, that's, that's quite the accomplishment. No doubt about it. Milestone night. For Steve Holman, right along with us here at the Hang Time Podcast on episode 100. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. I think it's fair to say that uh, at episode 100, at this mile marker of the season and in the podcast, it's only fitting that I am leading the bragging rights pack at 21 and 10. Two and one last week, you know, slipped up a little bit. Lang, 17-4 and four after an undefeated week. Impressive, my friend. Rick? Thank you. Like I said, 82 podcasts before you shed rookie status, Mr. 15 and 16. You like the you <laughs> upside the, down, I'm bro. <laughs> you like the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You, I'm seriously on the 500? Yeah, yes. man. You're 15 and 16, dude. <laughs> Who did I go last week? One I, and I, two, son. One and two. <laughs> the Clippers won Memphis, right? One and two. Look at he's trying to he's trying to backtrack it. Wait a minute, I want to recount. Oh, one you and guys two. Picked up uh, one game. One and two. We got to listen, Rick. Seriously, we got to step pick your more game than three up. Games a week, man. You got <laughs> you got to step the game up. This you, this you could just go undefeated like some of us did last week. <laughs> oh. Time All to step right. the game up. All right, first game of the week, and we'll let Rick pick first here. We're going to yeah, go. Y'all sp- been confusing me. They've been confusing me every time I hear this. <laughs> I'm going first. All right, first game of the week is Spurs at Atlanta. Spurs at Atlanta. Hold on one second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, I'm going with Spurs. <laughs> I'm taking the Spurs too, and it has nothing to do with that wooden nickel Nick uh, that it, that Rick just flipped in this in the basement there. I'm going with the Spurs. <laughs> um, he's thinking about it, Lane. You know, Lane. He's always trying to get all analytical. Gonna, Man, just pick with, the game. I'm going to go with Atlanta. What? ATL, shouty. Spurs play the Warriors the night before that. Ooh, that's a lot of running. It's a lot of running. Then they got to fly to Atlanta. So uh, I'm just saying, uh, but good thing you guys picked the other teams. All right, next. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Whatever they go with, you go the opposite. All right, second game of the week is OKC at Denver. <laughs> that's a trap game. I buzzed in first. 
I'm going Denver. That's a trap game right there. I'm going OKC. I'm going OKC as well. I think they go in there. And, you know, Russell Westbrook likes a challenge. He, he and Kevin Durant, they like a good challenge. I have a theory on the Nuggets, and we probably should have talked about this earlier. But, Let's hear you, know, you know, they had that crazy first, whatever, two months of the season. I wrote about the other day, yeah. They, they had yeah, like 17, they, 12 of the first 17 games were on the road. And now there. the second half of the season, they play like a lot more home games than anyone else. And I'm wondering if that many home games at altitude – where other teams are going to be more tired later in the season than they would have yeah. been earlier in yeah. the season. Yeah. Maybe like it becomes a bigger advantage than we even thought about. So. Yeah. You can't change your pick lane. So. <laughs> no, I'm, so, I'm still taking Oklahoma city. But I'm just saying, I just, that's my theory. Okay. Good. All right. Third game of the week. And we'll let Lang pick first here since he lives in that city, uh, Brooklyn at the Knicks. Times they're going to play. I was just going to say, play like 19 so times this year. This is the last one. They don't I'm play kidding. in the rest of the season. No, nah, they're gonna play. They're gonna play in the playoffs. It's kind of funny though that they they like that this is it. It seems weird that they don't play subway anymore. series. We need a subway series. Um, I'm gonna take Brooklyn. Seku, where's the game at again now? At Madison Square Garden. So it's in New York. What does that matter? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This game's in New York, right? Uh, I mean the Knicks got to fly back from England. That's true. I'm. You know what? Brooklyn's Brooklyn been has playing really well, and um, PJ Colissimo has been been doing his thing, and uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the Knicks. For my last pick, <laughs> it says it says Brooklyn Nets. He's trying Brooklyn. to catch up this week. We're gonna. I got to hold my lead this week. We're going to see how this turns out. I'm going to have to start. Uh, I'm not actually paying attention to, to where these games are played and what the schedule looks like before and after. It's a good thing Rick's using that two-sided coin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who, Rick, who is on the uh, Bahamian nickel? I mean, who? Actually, I, I – I, Rick is. Are you on loot over there? Are you on some loot in the Bahamas? <laughs> Rick's on the $2 bill. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't gotten on the money yet, but I'm working on it. You know, who, who are the top the five – Lang, have you ever heard Tyron Lue, who used to play in the NBA, play with the Lakers and play with the Hawks? He's coaching now with the Celtics. He's got this great little thing he used to do in the locker room when I when I was covering him. He started whatever city we'd be in, Rick. He'd come in and be like top top three people in you know Indiana, and he'd be you know he'd rattle off whoever the most famous people: Larry Bird, you know, Newt yeah. Rockney, and T. Lou. Like he'd always insert himself <laughs> somewhere in the top. <laughs> Just, just clowning. I mean, just classic clowning. Who are the yeah. top? Who are the top three from the Bahamas? Sidney Poitier, uh huh, Michael Thompson, and Rick Fox. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, baby. Sidney Poitier. Oh, I should have hit you with the entire Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you talk about a dude. We got that's that's got to be our goal for episode two hundred of the podcast. We got to get the undercover funniest dude in the history of the NBA on, on episode 200 of the Hang Time Podcast. I'll tell you, T. Lewis, pure comedy. Um, again, super shout-outs to all of, to everybody. You know, to yeah. everybody that's been a part of the show um, over the first 100 episodes. Uh, the, the list of names is too long to, to ramble on here at the end, but shout-outs to all of you. We appreciate it. We love you. Thanks for listening, of course. And uh, we will see you again next time. Yes, I take a Bahama Mama. <laughs> Goombay Smash. 
A click. <laughs> Can you pay with that nickel? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Kuna Matata.